Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. I can tell you from my experiences, I've never had many complaints, and it all fits perfectly. Plus, you get to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and your own monogram. RJ Barrett's brand new collection with Indochino just dropped. Featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings, RJ helped pick the design for. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And with that, we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can get me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at UndercoverGreg. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel. You bet, might know him on Twitter as Showtime himself, at Showtime Cappers. It's middle of November now as we're approaching the holiday season And that means it's a busy time of year in sports. College basketball season is now a week old. The NBA is almost a month old. The National Hockey League has been going on for about four weeks now, a little bit longer, actually. Uh, And, of course, the National Football League and college football are hitting the home stretch. Matt, as I said, a lot to get to. How are we doing on this Wednesday morning? Greg, we're doing great. Middle of the week, you know how it goes, just chugging along to get to the football Saturday and Sunday. What a weekend last weekend we had. What a Monday night game that Niners and Seahawks game was. But Greg, let me tell you, I'm even more excited for this weekend. 
week 10 in the NFL, or excuse me, uh, week 11 in the NFL. I know, right? <laughs> and there's some, you see, there's, 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 there's some great, there's some great matchups. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I'm already looking towards that Eagles Patriots matchup. Um, I mean, obviously being a birds fan, huge matchup with the rematch of the Super Bowl. you know, both teams coming off a bye. as I'm saying it, I just, I can't wait. Yeah, no, uh, me as well. Also an Eagles fan, very much excited for a game in which uh, we'll learn definitely a lot about the Eagles in. And so there's been, uh, Greg, they, yo, uh, I, 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 I got to go get ahead. in there for a second. Uh, you know, we really could learn a lot about this Patriots team, too. You know, obviously steamrolling their way to A&O and then, you know, hitting a brick wall, which was Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Now off a of buy, I mean, you know, off a bye, Brady and Belichick, yeah, check rock. What's up? What, what do you got for us? We'll see. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and it's a spot that we really haven't seen New England in much off a buy and a loss. So, uh, and, and you mentioned that Super Bowl. So we'll get to that more on our Friday morning podcast. So when we go through uh, all of our favorite plays in the National Football League. But first, we want to eye up some spots in the National Basketball Association. Uh, college basketball has a couple of big games today. Uh, and the National Hockey League has a few intriguing games as well. Flyers and Capitals at Wells Fargo Center. Nationally televised game. Flyers have been really exciting of late. And the Caps have been rolling themselves. That should be a really fun one at Wells Fargo Center. But Matt, we are going to start on the hardwood in the association first and we'll just talk some spots here, things that we're looking at, potential plays, more leans than likes as uh, we record this on a Tuesday evening. Everybody listening on a Wednesday morning. Matt, uh, anything in particular that you're looking at uh, in the association? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the Sixers coming off. You know, this will be the second game of a home road back to back. So, you know, they just played last night at home against the Cavs. Now, obviously, they're traveling to Orlando. Yeah, we know Orlando is, you know, that scrappy team. I think we talked about it last week. They play tough. And I, I'm going to be looking to potentially back Orlando here with the points. Um, it will be interesting, though, to see. Obviously, we'll check later in the day, you know, to see if Simmons and Embiid are playing in this game. You know, this is a game that I could see them taking a bit of rest on. But it will be interesting. Obviously, we always look for these back-to-back spots in the NBA as, as those spots are something that differentiate other games, you know, that are when teams have equal rest. It's just something to look at. You can also look at the Blazers. You know, they played last night in Sacramento, and now they're coming home to play a Raptors team, um, a Raptors team who, you know, just split with the Clippers and Lakers in L.A. Obviously, when they played the Clippers, they were down a few men. They didn't have Ibaka, Lowry, and OG, and Anobi got hurt one minute into the game. So an interesting game there. The Blazers have really been struggling without Zach Collins. And, I mean, let's talk about the marquee matchup of the night. 7.30, primetime, ESPN, Clippers at Houston. Um, I mean, it's 10 games in the season, but both are sitting at 7-3. and three. The Clippers are 5-0 and oh against the spread their last five. We've seen the Rockets rattle off four straight, three of which they covered the spread. But just note it down, the caliber of teams that these two teams have played. So let's look. The Rockets beat the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Bulls, and the Pelicans, none of which have winning records. Meanwhile, the Clippers, um, yes, they, they they beat the Spurs, the Jazz. They then lost to the Bucks, but covered the spread there, beat the Blazers, beat the Raptors. So in the past five games, they definitely played clear, different competition Nonetheless, a clash of two top teams atop the West. Maybe a Western Conference final preview, yeah. Potential Western Conference finals preview. And, you know, I really really think that this is the game that the Rockets get up for. This is a game that the Clippers win later in the season, maybe, you know, on a different... But this early in the season, this is just a game... Just look at it off the bat. It's just a game that I see the Rockets getting up for more than the Clippers. To the Clippers, it's another game. To the Rockets, it's their chance to show the league that they're here and they mean business. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if the Rockets end up winning that game. Otherwise, it's a pretty small slate. 
I mean, I expect the Lakers, you know, to take care of business at the late game on ESPN against the Warriors. Obviously, that spread's going to be pretty high, you know, recording on Tuesday afternoon. We don't know the line yet, but I expect it to be double digits. Um, a solid game between Spurs and Minnesota. Spurs start out with that nice 5-0 and or 5-1 and start since, you know, they're now 5-5. and Same with Minnesota. I believe Minnesota was, you know, 4-0 or 6-1 and or whatnot. Now they're 6-4. and So an interesting game of two teams that have been struggling. And obviously, you know, I mean, a huge spread, 10 points here, but the Boston Celtics look to roll and continue the best record in the NBA. Greg, what do you think of that? The Celtics are the best record in the NBA right now. Yeah, that's interesting. And I want to get to one of the spots that you mentioned as an area. Yeah, that was a mouthful. You can get to look at No, but look, just to answer your question and keep things kind of linear here, I think the Celtics are legit. We went into the season, fans and odds makers alike, kind of looking at Milwaukee and Philadelphia in the East and almost just assuming that that was going to be your Eastern Conference Finals. And, and it may still well be. But I think that, you know, whether it was the Toronto Raptors or the Boston Celtics or the Indiana Pacers, who obviously aren't still at full strength yet because Victor Oladipo is not yet back, um, it doesn't surprise me that one of those mid-level teams is off to a hot start. And it certainly looks like Boston. I think is I think this is more real and fake. Uh, I, I think they're closer to the Sixers Bucks tier than the, you know, Raptors Pacers kind of mid-level tier. Um, and, you know, while I mentioned it, I might as well include the Raptors too. They've been finding ways to muck up games and, and, and play really good defense. They won outright as a double-digit dog on Sunday night at Staples against the Lakers. So, uh, you know, not I think Boston is more legit, uh, but Toronto looks looks to be just fine without Kawhi Leonard. Well, Toronto is definitely going to be good. I was high on them to start the season, and I still am high on them. They play great team basketball. They have good coach, good culture, championship. You know, they have that slight chip on their shoulder as a cha- as a as a defending champion coming in with a chip on their shoulder. That's very important. I really, truthfully, Greg, I don't love the NBA slate tonight, but I will look towards the Minnesota Wolves at home. I will look towards the Rockets at home. But, you know, truthfully, I just don't love the slate. And I I don't truthfully understand the Raptors line at three points. I'm assuming that some people are going to be out. So I'm going to can't play that yet. Got to wait and see the official lineups for the the Raptors, who's in and who's out. But I, I don't see the Celtics losing. I don't see the Lakers losing. So maybe we can put together a, a little parlay with the two there. But a small slate, not much to do there. Instead, I'm really looking at Thursday, though, Greg, because this is where it gets interesting. It's a still a small slate, but you had this Clippers team on the second game of a row back-to-back. Yeah. So it'll be real interesting to see, you know, depending on how the, the Rockets game goes, we've seen Kawhi Leonard obviously be announced that he's not going to play, so potentially could snag that line before the official announcement, you know, it might already oh, wait, You're saying he's not going to play in the New Orleans game Thursday? Yeah, yeah, he probably won't play because in the New Orleans does, game. Like, this is going to be the Paul George debut against New Orleans. So, is that official, Greg? Because I heard it was going to be either Wednesday or Thursday. A couple of outlets. That okay, is- I've seen it reported Wednesday or Thursday. I would assume... That would be a perfect time for Paul George to make his debut if Kawhi Leonard is sitting on the second game of a row back-to-back. And, you know, that's the Clippers not showing all their cards in a Wednesday game with putting Paul George out there on ESPN. A little bit more of a relaxing game for him to go up against the Pelicans, which have absolutely a historic defense through the first— I mean, a historically bad defense through the first 10 games— not yeah. a bad place to toss Paul George in for his first game of the season. Let me tell you that, especially, like I said, if Kawhi Leonard is out. And then you just, you got some, the rest of the board is full of teams with winning records playing teams with losing records. So it's just really interesting. But that Clippers game is is, is the one I'm going to be looking at spe- specifically to see if, one, Paul George plays, two, if Kawhi Leonard plays. You also got a rematch of the Mavericks and Knicks from the other night where the Knicks pulled off a 10-point uh, upset at Dallas. I expect this to be a little different of a game in New York. I think Dallas will come in hungry. The return of Perzingis to the Garden as well. Interesting to look at. And then you got this Nuggets team at home. And we've seen what this Nuggets team does at home. Specifically, I've been playing the unders with them all season long. We will look at that under as well. 
And, you know, an intriguing matchup. I, if I told you the Suns would be, you have a winning record and the Hawks would have a losing record to this point in the season, you know, you might have called me stupid, but here we are. And that's, that's sure. the matchup we have at 9 yeah. p.m. So, so not the best Wednesday and Thursday slate from the league, but nonetheless, it's NBA, six, seven games a night, and, and I, I can't get enough of it. Okay, I'll chime in. First off, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the ineptitude of New Orleans because um, my one futures play in the NBA was New Orleans Pelicans under 39 wins, and I'm feeling pretty good out of the gate. Early still, but I think I'm off to a good start on that one. Uh, as far as the Clippers, I think this is an interesting spot to fade them both nights to this back-to-back. And here's what I'm saying. I know that Houston has had some struggles against the spread out of the gate, three and seven. But the Clippers have particularly recently been struggling to score. And you think about Houston, that's never a problem for them. And when you include that nugget about Paul George, then it does make me, or I'm sorry, about Kawhi Leonard, now, Greg, uh, now, Greg, I got to ask you, I got to ask you before you keep going on about this. Are they struggling to score or are they dictating the way the game is played to their play style? That is an interesting point. And I would look at their game that they played against Milwaukee in that they lost 129 to 124 and say, well, if they were able to dictate play to their play style in that kind of game it wouldn't be that high scoring. Uh, and Greg, so I can't, Greg, I can't put you on the spot here. I love you, man. But Kawhi Leonard was out in that game against the Bucks, So I, I got to toss that out there. When, you know, I can't really look at the, the Clippers at a body of work. If anything, sure, losing no. by okay, five well. to the Bucks without Kawhi Leonard would be slightly impressive in my book. Um, I hear what you're saying. Like, they're not scoring 130 points. But I simply think that's more due to the style of their play. And at the end okay, of the day, so I would to come back and say, though, that first off, thank you for informing me on the Kawhi Leonard thing. I'm just kind of looking at their scores now. No, of course, uh, of course. But I would counter that by saying that might be true. And maybe that they're better off playing games in the low hundreds, high 90s. But are they going to be able to do that in Houston? on a Wednesday night nationally televised game that I think the Rockets are, can anybody really contain them fully offensively? Like I, it just, it feels like a good Rockets spot at home. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm not arguing with the spot. I'm just saying, I don't think the Clippers are scoring in the low hundreds because they can't score. I just want to put it out there. I think it's actually because they are dictating the way that these games are played because they are that good. And they're dictating uh, the pace. No, and Simply, Doc is a great coach, and maybe he knows, you know, he definitely knows how his teams can best win games. But I guess my point here is with a Clippers team that at least we haven't regularly seen them win these games, and maybe they don't, like you're saying, maybe you're exactly right, maybe they just don't want to. I have well, to think Frank, the only reason I the only reason I bring that point up is because I point to two other teams who I think are elite teams in the league. And by elite, I mean top five teams. And I see them doing the exact same thing. I see the, the Nuggets doing a very similar thing, sure. winning low-scoring games. And I see the Sixers doing another similar no, thing, I get winning low-scoring games. So it, it's just an interesting point to, well, to, to bring up. And, and you can see how their style... To put a button on this, then, I would argue that Maybe, like, just season long, are you not as high on the Rockets then? Because I'm not sure they win that kind of game enough. I think it goes without saying that the Clippers are by far the best team in the NBA. Hands down, bar none. I'll agree with that. Absolutely. They go, they go, they go go nine deep. Uh, They have Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams off the bench, who frankly could start for about 15 teams in the NBA. The combo, yeah, the combo could probably start on at least 10 different teams in the NBA. Maybe 15. As far as Houston, like... Do you think that the Rockets can win these games regularly enough to even have a chance in the West? I'm going to say right now, 10 games in, and, and, and I was high on them before. I was high on the Rockets, honestly. I was high. I don't think there's any team in the NBA that's going to beat the Clippers in a seven-game series. I, I don't sure. think whatsoever. I think the Clippers are that deep of a team. I think they're too good. I think they have too many. I mean, the Clippers are the Clippers are already this good, and they don't even have Paul George. So now they're going to now plug in a top 10 
okay, maybe top 15 two-way player in the NBA. I, I mean, it's going to take a team like a LeBron James team where you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis score 35 four straight games, both of them combined. So combining to score 70 or 75 points. That's the kind of performance it's going to take to beat this Clippers team in the playoffs. And we're only 10 games in. This is a great Clippers team. But but we got to move on from the NBA. We got to move yeah, on. Yeah, well, I'll just put a button on this and say I do think in the middle of November, if there's a time that the Rockets would be able to play their kind of game, higher scoring against the Clippers, it's going to be now, and it's not going to be in, in the spring or in the playoffs. Therefore, I look to play oh, the Greg, I, I agree with you. I like the Rockets in the spot. And last, like I said, so, as, as far as Thursday, just one other point I want to make. With Paul George debuting, and uh, if you're right about Kawhi Leonard not playing, then I think there could be some early season chemistry bumps in the road for the Clippers because now they're playing, all their role players are playing through Paul George, who they've never played with yet. So I'll be interested in that line. Uh, I'll need a lot of points, but I would be interested in the Pelicans. Greg, as far as the Clippers' dick was just down my mouth, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I really think there's no reason why they can't lose both these games back-to-back. For the exact reason that we've been speaking about. Come playoff time, they are by far the best team. But, like I said, this is a game that on ESPN, the Rockets, James Harden and Russell Westbrook just naturally get up a little bit for because they feel like they have something to prove from the Clippers. I don't feel like the Clippers have a way to prove. And then, like you said, on Thursday, if I am right, and we expect Kawhi Leonard not to play and Paul George to be inserted in the lineup, probably with only 25 minutes per se, I would imagine he's not going to go full 30, 35, you know, then the Pelicans can also be a good play. I will look to fade the Clippers back-to-back games for sure. But come playoffs, this Clippers team is dangerous. So full agreement, both of us looking at the Rockets on Wednesday and the Pelicans on Thursday. Quickly, uh, let's move along. Uh, college basketball, there is a very interesting game between the Villanova Wildcats and the Ohio State Buckeyes. As uh, Shout-out college basketball. They seem to always have a lot of good non-conference uh, games, and they spread them out uh, between November and December. You know, like last night, we saw Memphis and Oregon play, which was a good game. I'm going right to this game, though. I'm looking at Ohio State as a short favorite at home, and I'm liking Ohio State in this spot because if you've paid attention to some of the headlines around the college basketball, it's not a deep year for the Big Ten. Okay, you have Michigan State at the top, a team that could obviously win the national championship. But then after that, you have a Maryland team, and it you see a bit of a gap begin to fall. And I, my point being here is um, I don't think that there are going to be as many opportunities for the Ohio States, for the Michigans, uh, you know, for the Purdue's in the conference as there have been in years past. So I think Ohio State really looks to make a statement here that I think this is an Ohio State team that is going to have a chance to compete all the way to the second weekend and maybe even the Final Four. I'm very high on them. Chris Holtman, a guy I think could win the National Coach of the Year this year. Uh, They had no business last year almost getting to the Sweet 16 as an 11 seed. They got a lot of players back, one of the best recruiting classes in the country. I like Ohio State at home. I'm seeing about minus one, minus two at a lot of shops. But that's a college basketball play for me on Wednesday. Anything you're looking at college basketball-wise? Yeah, no official play, but I I like what you're saying. I like what you're selling from Ohio State. Um, I could potentially get down on Ohio State for that. Um, obviously, I immediately look to VCU unranked team at home against an LSU ranked number twenty three. There's no difference in college football and college basketball rankings. Let me tell you, because they change in the snap of a finger. One result can change, especially the ranks of twenty to twenty five. One rank can can put a number next to your name, and that number next to your name automatically draws eyes. So I will be looking at a VCU team at home um, against LSU. And like you said, you know VCU is minus two and a half. I see you there, and like you said, I will be looking at Ohio State um, at home against Nova. That's another good matchup. Um, and then again, I like. I will be looking at you know Wisconsin plays a game which automatically. Uh, my eyes light up for a potential under, under. play there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've they have played two games. They went under two games. You know, well, don't fix, uh, don't try and fix what's not broken. So I will be looking at under one twenty nine. I see posted there. Otherwise, there aren't too many other games that catch my eye on this slate. But I do like those few spots. And 
Uh, I mean, the Marquette matchup against Purdue actually will be pretty interesting with Mr. Howard going off. I, I would probably like oh, to back Marquette there. He's so there. Much fun to watch. Um, he's he, he's a great player, and, and I'm um, I'm not buying Purdue this year too much. I'm not buying their stock minus two Marquette at home. I will be looking at that. Well, yeah, so as I we said, about, I'm, I'm agreeing with you there on Purdue. As I said, I don't think it's going to be as good of a year for the Big Ten. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, it also uh, you know shows a Purdue losing as a seven point um, favorite to Texas. But so that's a few spots, no official plays. We will, you know, have college basketball posted on the Twitter as well. Greg, are you seeing anything on Thursday while we're at it? You know, because I see a ranked matchup of Cena Hall and Michigan State. And, you know, uh, it's we've seen this Michigan State team obviously drop the one game. So I don't really know what to expect too much out of them. Then we saw them come back and drop a hundo spot. And it's um, important to note in that game, I don't think we're going to see the National Player of the Year candidate for Seton Hall, Miles Powell. He's injured early in the season, which is obviously a huge loss for the Pirates. Is there yeah, a line, so line and total out on that game yet? No, no line and total out, so can't really dive into it too much. Seton Hall is home, though, but for a Michigan State team that is this good, I don't know if home plays too much of a factor here, You know, especially with their top player out. They could... But a Thursday night game, tough to evaluate today. But I would lean Michigan State as of now, depending on how many points. I will lean to the under in that uh, because I would like to think that there's still going to be a good atmosphere there in Newark and East Orange, New Jersey, for the Seton Hall Pirates. And I'd like to think that without their best player, they're just going to know that they're going to have to make it a little more of an ugly game. It's going to be a next man up mentality, right? I'm sorry? It's going to be like a next man up kind of mentality. So. Exactly. And, and we know that Michigan State, having played a lot of Big Ten rock fights, has no problem playing that kind of game either. So I will keep an eye on that total, but under certainly the way I'm looking there. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. Under is a good look there. I think this should be a, you know, a defensive game. I have a couple plays on the ice that I'm intrigued by. First off, on Wednesday night uh, in uh, on Long Island, it is the Toronto Maple Leafs traveling to take on the New York Islanders. And this is a really fun matchup of a couple teams that are off to good starts. And I am looking at the Islanders as a short home favorite of about minus $1.20 on the money line. Uh, Islanders won the season series last year against Toronto. And I think the handicap's pretty simple. They're, first off, they have really good fans. I, I know a buddy of mine from college is a big Islanders fan. Uh, And they don't have many fans, but the ones they have are really diehards. And when John Tavares left them in free agency, uh, it just triggered a lot of their fans. And and I think they had good reason to be upset over the way it all went down and the way it was handled. And it certainly got the most out of the Islanders last year. Who would have thought that the Islanders would have gotten all the way to the second round of the Eastern Conference uh, and the Eastern Conference semifinals? And as I said, they won two out of three against uh, Toronto last year. Uh, and the games that are in Long Island, this is going to be like a playoff game, I think, for the Islanders and their fans. It always is when they play Toronto now, ever since John Tavares went there. So I'm looking at the Islanders again, getting more up for this game as a short home favorite. And then one other game in the NHL that just caught my eye. Greg, I'm actually going to have to chime in on there. Um, And I apologize. I'm actually going to be slightly looking the other way. I think this is a, uh, you know, I think this is a team that rallies around, um, Mr. Johnny Boy, and I think they actually, you know, as much as this game does mean to the Islanders, I think it will mean a lot to the Maple Leafs and Mr. John. And you know, I, I think he, I think that uh, the team rallies around him and pulls out this W because they know how important it is to them. Nonetheless, though, the Islanders have been a great team at home, which is right. why I'm questioning the short line, and I already see moving you know, five cents the other way towards the Maple Leafs. Line movement doesn't always indicate winners or losers, but it definitely indicates something that you should be aware of. So just be aware, you know, that a short line for a team like the Islanders who've been dominant at home and it's already moved five cents towards the Leafs, this line will probably close more as a pick for you. So for you and anyone else, who want to get down on the Islanders, I think you can wait a little and you probably grab them closer to minus 110. One other spot that I like in the NHL is the Ottawa Senators on the road against the New Jersey Devils. Um, 
it just struck me as odd because these two teams are towards the bottom in the Eastern Conference, and I'm seeing the the New Jersey Devils in this game are a hefty favorite. As I'm looking right now, minus a dollar sixty-six, you can get Ottawa at plus one fifty. To me, that just seems like a a bad line between two teams that are really close in the standings. I mean, if these were two teams, yeah, the is top, there an injury of some sort that we that we're unaware of? And that's what I'm going to have to look into more. Um, but just as far as spots and missed pricings, that's one that stood out more of a lean because, like you said, I haven't looked more at the injury report. Uh, but because uh, Ottawa I, got I, smacked eight to two the other day, I mean, not that that has did, implications on the game, but maybe there was an injury that I'm unaware of because I, you know, I actually do not follow the Ottawa Senators like that, so I wouldn't know. But I, do <laughs> I like agree hockey, with but you. the Ottawa Senators are a cellar dweller, so I don't pay much attention to them. Yeah, either. I do I agree just with know you. That they're bad, and I know the Devils are bad, and I know that the Devils probably shouldn't be minus a dollar sixty-six against anyone. So I am going to have to look more into that, but I'm just, as a spot, it struck me as odd. And if there are no big injuries, then I could definitely see myself on the Senators. I don't understand that either. I would have to look more into that um, as, as well, Greg. But, you know, I don't really have anything else in the NHL that stands out to me. Um, obviously, we will have that big matchup between the Leafs and the Isles that I spoke about. Oh, and Flyers-Capitals is a big one. I mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast. I have Dallas on the second game of a back-to-back. They play Thursday. Um, I mean, they play row back-to-backs Wednesday and Thursday. So on Thursday, we could potentially look to fade Dallas as we've been doing. Otherwise, I actually don't see um, any other teams on the back-to-back road games. So, you know... But a fat slate on Thursday. We'll dive more into that when lines are out. Um, and, and obviously, we'll be on the Twitter, as always, at Showtime Cabbers. And you can get all my picks at Undercover. Greg, let's step aside, take a commercial break, come right back and go to the gridiron. Some college games to discuss. And, of course, Thursday night football in the AFC North, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll take a break and get to all of that next here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether using excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love shaving with Harry's because I get a clean shave, an easy glide, and a low price. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman, manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century, which means you get incredibly high quality blades at factory direct prices. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk for trying them out. If you love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of Full Slate can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip 
a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with a low to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. All of that at harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. And we are back on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on Twitter for all of my gambling picks. Matt Siegel at Showtime Cappers on Twitter for all of his picks. We got some college football to discuss. Uh, a couple of games in the MAC. Love some weekday matching. It just keeps the the week moving right along. Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio, Northern Illinois, and Toledo. The games on this Wednesday. Uh, but I'm going to look to Thursday and uh, look for a live dog on the road. The North Carolina Tar Heels catching four at the Pitt Panthers. And I am going to play the Tar Heels side here, uh, plus the four. Uh, if you can get four and a half still, good for you. Uh, total 50 and a half in this game. But I like the North Carolina side because, I mean, it's pretty simple. Both of these teams play a lot of close games, which means I'm going to want points. And... You look at Pitt, they also don't score a lot, so it makes it difficult to lay with them. Pitt's last game, 20-10 to 10 victory over woeful Georgia Tech. I do worry a little bit with Pitt out of a bye, but so is North Carolina, so maybe that's less of a concern. Look at some games from Pitt earlier in the ACC schedule. 16-12 to 12 loss against Miami. 27-20 victory against Syracuse. Uh, non-conference games of note, 17-10 loss at Penn State. Of course, Pat Narduzzi made the horrible decision to kick a field goal uh, in the red zone, needing a touchdown to tie the game. Only beat FCS Delaware 17-14. The point I'm getting at here is Pitt doesn't score a lot of points. One more ACC game, 30-14 lost to Virginia at home. They don't score a lot. And they play close games for the most part. A lot of those scores I was running through were, you know, a touchdown or less. And North Carolina plays a lot of low or uh, close games as well. Lost by a touchdown before their bye week to Virginia. Beat Duke by three. Lost by two points in overtime to Virginia Tech. Uh, they lost, of course, by one to Clemson in the game that really threw a scare into Clemson's playoff hopes. Uh, they beat Miami by three. Upset South Carolina by four, lost to App State by three. You look up and down North Carolina's schedule, you see close games just like you do for Pittsburgh. Therefore, I want the points. Give the Tar Heels on the road. Mac Brown and company stay inside the fourth. I actually have nothing um, on on these college football games. Sorry to disappoint. Right now, um, I got nothing for Wednesday and Thursday college football. You know, as it gets closer later to game time, I'll check out some more reports. But just nothing that stands out to me on this Tuesday, you know, afternoon, night session of us recording. Nothing that stands out to me from these games. Hey, you can't force it. I will tell you. Say it again. I said you can't force it. Yeah, I can try and force it. I could if I want to, but I, you know, I'm just choosing not to, Greg. I'm playing it safe. <laughs> safe ball here. Let me tell you, on Friday, I will be back in action, yapping your ear off about college football. And let me tell you, I'll give you a hint. It has nothing to do with Ohio State, Greg. But we'll be back <laughs> Friday morning for that discussion. I swear, 31 and a half points first half for Rutgers is not enough points. Greg, I just couldn't even wait till Friday. <laughs> we'll be on Ohio State first half minus 31 and a half. They will be up at least 35 points at halftime. I I, I spoke to um, Mr. Justin Fields himself and, and, and this Rutgers football team. But anyway, Greg, I will take us to the professional ranks of the gridiron. What turns out to be one of the most interesting games of Week 11. Now, why do I say that? Because Week 11 is full of of teams with huge winning records. So three, four games above 500 versus teams three or four games below 500. So I'm not going to get to the games that we'll get to on Friday. And he picks, but I'll just tell you, you got the Bills and Dolphins. That's one that qualifies. Saints, Bucks. Niners, Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. So that's four matchups of teams that are essentially out of the playoffs and teams that are fighting for the playoffs. Vikings, Denver, that's that's a fifth, right? 
Then you got the shit matchup of the Jets and the skin. So you can throw that out there. There's not two. And then you got the Raiders and Bengals, another one. Then you got a matchup of two shit teams in the Bears and the Rams. And then you really only have a few important games this week. So let's pinpoint the important games. It starts Thursday night with this Browns and Steelers game, and let me tell you why. But then this Dallas and Lions game is interesting, more so for Dallas and their division race with the Eagles, really, than the Lions. The Lions are essentially done. Um, I mean, obviously, they could climb back in the wild card, potentially, but not. Well, right, and no Stafford, probably again. Yeah, no Stafford, not likely. You know, then you got a big divisional matchup between the Jags and the Colts, which which could be huge as we've seen the Colts drop two and three. But again, we'll get more into that. And then you got um, the Texans, Houston, huge clash of Titans in the AFC. And then and then at the four p.m. slate, you got you know, the Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago. Obviously, the Eagles and, and the Patriots. And then we go to Monday night with a matchup of of a uh, divisional matchup between the Chargers and Chiefs. So I'm really only pinpointing. I think I just point out only four or five important or quote-unquote important games. Because obviously we understand these, you know, these teams that are, that are three or four games, even five games above the team that they're playing. They, if this is still the NFL and any given Sunday. We know the saying. So they still need to take care of business, as we've seen big upsets last week with the Colts losing to the Dolphins at home and the Saints losing at home to the Falcons. So these teams need to take care of business. But nonetheless, they should be able to take care of business against these teams that are, you know, playing more so for draft picks rather than position. But anyway, let's bring it all back to why I say this game is so important. Because frankly, Greg, the Cleveland Browns, I, 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 they're not dumb. I was here last week telling you why up. I was... Uh, say it again? I say you're not breaking up with them, huh? You were making this case last week. So I, I was making this case, and, and I tried to tell you. I said, the Browns are not done yet. I am hopping back. I am hopping on the back bandwagon finally against the Bills because I didn't believe in the Bills. And let me tell you, the Browns came through by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. You know, you might have pushed if you had the three. You, you might have won if you had three and a half on the Bills, lost, whatever. You get the point. They won by exactly three. But that is the kind of win. Now, Greg, let me just pause right there. That's not the kind of win that takes the Browns to the Super Bowl. I'm not, I'm not go, going ridiculous here. But that the kind of grinded out win against, I understand the Bills aren't that good, but against a 6-2 and two team, that, is just, that just shows life. That shows confidence. That shows heart. All of this, dropping four straight games in the NFL, and you come back and you beat a 6-2 and two Buffalo Bills team. You know, at home, they, Bills got a good D, a young quarterback. And you win the game. You go out and you do what you're supposed to do. So now they come in against a Steelers team who's 4-0 in their last four games, taking down the Chargers, Dolphins, Colts, and Rams. So a few interesting opponents, right? Because a couple weeks ago, that Colts win would look amazing. Now, I mean, what does the Colts win look like? You know, losing to the Steelers and now losing to the Dolphins. I understand Jacoby Brissett was out, but still. The Rams, I mean, they are just a dumpster fire. So what does that win turn into? We know what the Dolphins are. And then they beat the Chargers on the road, and we know – the Chargers struggling. So, uh, you know, these wins by the Steelers, I'm not too impressed by any of them. Nonetheless, we know how hard it is to win four straight games in the NFL. And they've been doing so, by the way, of defense. Three out of four of those games that they've won have gone under. But, Greg, to get back to the pick, which is what everyone listening cares about, Matt, shut up about everything else. I'm taking the Browns, Greg. Minus two and a half. I don't care that this line opened up at three and moved the hook towards the Steelers. I do not agree with this line movement. I like the Browns in this match. You want to know why? Because the Browns are only, they are sitting at three and six. If they win this game, they move to four and six. The Steelers move to five and five. They will be then one game or I guess a half a game back behind the Steelers and they still play the Steelers again, right? And, and, And then, so we're talking about, you know, obviously I don't want to keep going on too much. If the Ravens, they haven't played the Browns for the second time yet. So now the Browns, you know, they would be sitting, if they can beat the Steelers here, they would be sitting at four and six, and they still play the Steelers and Ravens another time. Like, I clearly think right now that the Ravens are better than the Browns. All I'm saying is the Browns have it in their hands to win, to go out and win this division if they really want to. Because we spoke about this last week. I said they were going to rattle off three or four straight wins. They rattled off against the Bills. Well, they got one. They, they got one. 
They beat this Steelers team. That's a big one. And then I think we can both agree that if they do come away with this Steelers team, the win the following week against the Dolphins will be inevitable. And then their season comes down to essentially one game when they travel to Pittsburgh on December 1st. Because let me tell you, if they can pull out that Pittsburgh game, Greg, right? I know we're going down the schedule here and I'm really, you know, selling the Browns. Again, I'm not saying they're going to do it. But if they do pull out these next two games, right, and they're sitting at five and six going into that Steelers game, they then win that game. They are six and six. They then play the Bengals at home. Safe to say that's a win. So they could potentially be seven and six with three games left, two of which are against the Cardinals and Bengals, who, you know, if the Browns just won four or five games in a row, I think they'd be feeling pretty good walking to Arizona. And smack dad in the middle there, they get, oh yeah, the Ravens at home because they right. traveled. To I got to make sure I cash under nine wins here. So you're making me a little nervous. You're saying I should Craig, be. I'm not saying you should be nervous. What I'm saying is the Browns are not done yet. They are not done yet. They are not done until they get one more loss. Because in my mind, this could spark the fire. We understand the talent the Browns have. What's been the Browns' problems this year, Greg? Coaching. Turnovers. Oh, the worst coaching hire of the class was Freddie Kitchens. Let's, you know, okay, let's, let's, let's not get a little ridiculous. We don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. But it, it, it appears that the coaching has good. As great as it could be. I'm not going to throw Freddie Kitchens out of the fire. It's a tough job what he's trying to do. Put all these stars together. First year's head coach. The Browns have been so bad. And the expectations were so high after being so bad. It's a really tough job what he's trying to do. So let's let's not rag on the man too much. Because I think he actually is getting too much shit. Because again, we forget. I understand they lost four games in a row. But we understand three of the four came against the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Patriots. You could call those three teams three of the five best teams in the NFL. Like, are the Browns really that bad? Or have they just had shit luck? And, and then they go... I then, hear you. Like, so, then, Greg, you know, what is, so then, I got a question. If the Browns are that bad, then what was what was their win when they put up 40 points in Baltimore? And then they lost four in a row. Was that just an outlier then? Well, I mean, well, I think it very well may have been. Don't We have those results all the year, every season, right? I mean... I'm saying it's there. It's it's deep, 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 deep down there, but it's there. And I'm saying, okay, do not let this Browns team beat the Steelers, beat the Dolphins, beat Pittsburgh again, because that's the game. If they can win these two, they are then playing for a potential playoff spot because the Steelers are right in the wild card race right now. So if the Browns can rattle off three wins, we know the wild card is wide open, right? Because the Steelers are already fighting for a wild card spot right now. And, and they're only one game back. So the Browns are sitting here, Greg, as awful as God awful as they played. They're only two games back of the wild card. And they play the Steelers twice. They play the Ravens once. And oh yeah, they play the 0-9 Bengals twice and the Dolphins. So just pencil in the two wins against the Bengals and the Dolphins. That's already three wins right there. Like hey, Dolphins have been pretty hard. I don't know that you can go that far. No, at home, at home, you can pencil in this Browns team as a win. Oh, okay. they, 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 they're, they're not losing to the Miami Dolphins, Greg. And let me tell you two things. Why? Because if they lose Miami Dolphins, Freddie Kitchens will be fired before he walks off the field. That's that's one thing. I don't care. He will be fired before they walk off the field and, and, and that. But the Miami Dolphins are, you know, they're in trouble. They were, they were, they were doing a beautiful tank job. Oh, now so they're, they're going to re- restart the tank. Is that what you're saying? You know, I mean, they were doing a beautiful tank <laughs> job. They're two and seven, and all of a sudden now they're looking at not not the number one pick. They're looking at number five pick. I mean, with the Bengals over here, you know, it's quite funny, right? Everyone's talking about the Dolphins tanking, but all of a sudden the Bengals aren't tanking. The Bengals are just that bad. You know, that's interesting. I see the Bengals doing an amazing tank job, but anyway. Say you pencil in those two wins against the Bengals and the Dolphins. That's three wins. And then they still got two games against the Steelers, one game against the Ravens. I think the Ravens are better. Clearly, I know the Ravens are better. I'm just saying the Browns truthfully control their own destiny, not only to to snag a wild card spot because the AFC wild card is wide open, you know, with with the AFC being very top heavy, but they – can win, they can still win the division, you know, and until, let me explain to you, Greg, I'm going on a tangent about them, but until you are mathematically out in this league, there is no 
doubt in the locker room until you are physically, mathematically Well, why don't out. we make the same case for the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Tennessee Titans while we're at it? I mean, they're right Greg, there. In the- Greg, you're, Greg, I will buy what you're selling. Mr. Nick Foles, how you doing? Coming back off a bye, can you snag a win against the Colts and take your team to 5-5? Five and five? Why the hell not can the Jags not make a walk-hard spot? Why can't they? I, I hear what you're saying, uh, you know. The so math- who are your wildcard teams then? Who who are your AFC wildcard teams? Because because frankly, so right now if the playoffs ended today, right? We have the Bills and the Steelers. I don't think the Bills and the Steelers are that much better than the Raiders, the Colts, the Titans, the Jaguars, the Browns, the Chargers, the AFC. The both spots in the wildcard are wide open. Let me tell you, because the Bills aren't getting it. The Bills, yeah, five and zero start. Good. You luck. know what? I'll tell you. I, I, I agree that Buffalo isn't going to make it. If you're making me answer that question right now, first off, I think one of Houston or Indy is going to make it because I still think Indy, if they get Brissett back, could make a run at Houston, having already have that head-to-head win against them. I mean, this is a huge game that at home against the Jags. If they're making that wild card spot, they they get, they got to win this game. You don't yeah. lose three in a row. And, and 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 two in a row at home, one being to the Dolphins and make the playoffs. Um, the Oakland Raiders and the Steelers. I think it's going to be one of those two for the final spot. Oakland's schedule also lightens up. They had a brutal schedule the first half of the season, and they came out of it now after winning against the Chargers five and four. So I like got- what Green's got going on in Oakland. I do. I, I honestly really do. Exactly. It seems like a, and and, and this brings me to my handicap of Thursday night. You can pencil in a win this week, by the way. I mean, they're playing the Bengals. Right. I think one of the things I love to do, especially this time of year in the NFL, I like to bet on locker rooms. And Oakland seems to be a locker room that's together, that believes, and isn't really afraid. I mean, it's a lot of young players there that haven't really gotten a taste, but they seem to be kind of embracing every moment. I mean, they that was a really fun Thursday night game last week against the Chargers. Uh, down to the wire. They hold Stafford and the Lions out of the end zone the week before that. Greg, I need your two AFC wildcard teams right now. Or we ran off the air. I need your two wildcard teams right now are going to be the Indianapolis Colts and the Oakland Raiders. Greg, pencil this in. November 12th. Write it down. Cleveland Browns will make the playoffs. They will take a wild card okay. spot, and the second wild card spot will be from the Oakland Raiders. The Colts, oh, the Colts, there. the Colts train is falling off. I, I truthfully, I think the Jags off a of bye. Nick Foles will walk in and slap his big dick all over oh, the Indianapolis Colts get- with Brian Hoyer. Oh, by the way, this is this is with Brian Hoyer. I expect Brian Hoyer to play. The Brissett injury really hurts the Colts. You know, oh, going over yeah. to in his absence. You know, going over to in his absence, and then even if they get them get him back next week. They have a tall task traveling to Houston. So, and then, and then the Colts, the last three games of their season, they play at Saint, at New Orleans Saints. That's going to be an important game for the Saints for playoff seeding. And then they're home against the Panthers. Panthers will be playing for a wild card spot in the NFC. And then they're on the road against the Jags. So I, I, I'm going to edge this Jags team over the Colts. You know, don't forget T.Y. Hilton's been out. We don't know when he's going to be back. So it's just unfortunate because this Colts team was rolling, but now due to injuries, they look like the, they are being derailed. But I need to get in on the Browns, and I'm telling you why. Well, okay. All it, takes, all it takes is, like you said, that locker room. That one win. That now, room, like, sorry, the Browns locker room is not one I want to buy right now. I mean, I, I'm telling you why I'm buying it, Greg, because I see I'm see a two dollar stock, and in three weeks it's going to be a five dollar stock. That's all I'm telling you. Because right, they well, let's the get one my handicaps. By the way, this is all assuming they beat the Steelers on Thursday. Because if they don't yes, beat the Steelers, exactly. and I'm telling you to slow your roll, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, the Browns win one game, and we're ready to buy them. The Pittsburgh Steelers just keep winning football games, and they right, do we're it. Back on, we're gonna be back on Friday. We're gonna be back on Friday after the Browns win this game, twenty-one to seventeen, and we are gonna be talking about the Cleveland Browns. Even if they win this game, they're not gonna win at Pittsburgh. They're not gonna win both these games because the Steelers are a locker room, another one that I want to buy. What do they do when they're 0-2 rather than throw up their arms and say, woe is me, Ben Roethlisberger's down? No. 
They trade for Minka Fitzpatrick and they recreate their football team and they start winning with defense, defense, defense. TJ Watt is a beast. And we are seeing them win these low-scoring games. I have no reason to think this Browns offense is going to all of a sudden start clicking against the Steelers' defense on Thursday night. And this seems to me like a low-scoring AFC North slugfest. I took the three on the Steelers just because it's a key number. If I had to bet the money line, I would take the Steelers as well. Because in a close game, which I'm thinking this will be, there is a reason the Steelers have won these close games and the Browns haven't. And it comes back to the coach on the sideline. In no other sport does the coach make more of an impact than football Mike Tomlin in a close game. Mike Tomlin might end up being the coach of the year if they get in the playoffs, by the way. And I'm taking it. I, 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 I don't game. hate that, but I think it's got to go to, to uh, Kyle Shanahan of the Niners as and, of now. And, but, and, I, but, yeah, I don't hate with that. I love Tom. Kyle I Shanahan. Yeah, you know, honestly, if the, if the Raiders make the playoffs, please give it to please give it to Mr. Gruden because, sure. because go for them, too. I have an argument You're as well. I am just very impressed with the way Pittsburgh has given its season a jolt of new life. And like That's I said, fine, Greg, but what Browns does Kareem Hunt do to the Browns? I'm sorry? What does Kareem Hunt do to the Browns, Greg? Well, he he gives them another weapon. I understand that. An um, immediate impact of seven receptions on nine targets. So I, I'm just yeah, saying, well, you know, I remember what's going on with Odell. He's st- we're still not hearing much from him every week. He's, he has not been the player that they need him to be. Okay. Now, let me flip the script to you. Odell wasn't that great. But Jarvis Landry had nine catches on 10 targets for 97 yards and a touchdown. So, so let's, let's just understand that the effect of Odell. Hold your pants game. That's what that was against Buffalo. I don't I just did another one of those games. That, that's fine. But I just think the, the effect of Odell. I think the effect of Odell goes beyond his stats sometimes, you know, so we can probably go back if we wanted to go back and look at some, you know, some film, some highlights that the fact of Odell being out there then created open space for a Kareem Hunt or a Jarvis Landry. Again, we are, I think we are both in agreement that this is a huge game for both teams and will most certainly change the direction of the way that both of these teams are going because like we said, they play this game, and then they each play, you know, I mean, not to say the Bengals on the road is easy, but the Bengals are 0-9. So the Steelers travel to Cincinnati. Excuse me. Hey, and the Browns can play- I ask you, Matt, like how much of the Bills and Browns game did you watch? Because I didn't watch. I'm looking at the box score now. I just want to know how much did you watch. I didn't watch any of it, Craig. You didn't watch any of it. Okay. I didn't watch a single snap. All I I'm saw looking at the box score was- right now, and this is making me like my Steelers pick more. Devin Singletary, the lead rusher for Buffalo, only got eight carries. He had 42 yards, over five yards a clip. Why did I'm asking myself, why did Buffalo not run the ball more? Even Josh Allen on six runs, I don't know how many of these were designed runs, had 28 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. I don't know why Buffalo wasn't running the ball more because they were having success. And guess who's coming back for the Steelers on Thursday night? That's right, James Conner. So I think that gets their run game going. And I know Mason Rudolph hasn't been pretty. I don't think he needs to be with Connor back in the fold. Steelers win it. But call it 17 to 14. If you're going to say the Steelers win this game, that's fine. I just don't. I see it more of if the Steelers win, that's the Browns laying a goose egg. I don't see the Browns going out there and losing a game. Which 17. they've done plenty this year. <laughs> I'm saying if you want to say the Browns are going to lose, that's fine. Give me a score of like of like 21 to 3. Give me a domination. Oh, oh. <laughs> Give me a Mike Tomlin. Give me a Mike Tomlin all over Freddie That's Kitchens, butting all over the face kind of thing. Don't give me a close game. game because in a close game, I don't care how bad he's in, I'm going to take Baker Mayfield today over Mason Rudolph in a close game. I am. I'm going to take your – I mean, you're, it's like picking between, you know, the electric chair or some other – or the guillotine. I mean, gosh. I'm like, just he, saying, I'm just, I'm just saying, Greg, Greg <laughs> this is the longest talk we've had on one game, and I'm just letting you know. This is by no means a pick that I absolutely love. I'm just saying, and it's I not do me believe, either, right? Like it's a one unit play on the Steelers. No, yeah, yeah, it's one unit for me on the Browns. I just believe that that Bills win is like what you said. All they slightly needed. It's just like you just need to break the ice, right? It's like when 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 Steph Curry is over eight from three and he banks in that nine three. Was it pretty? No, but he saw it go in. The Browns saw a W. They I broke the game losing streak. They're not traveling again. 
The Steelers are traveling well, again. I mean, Steelers on, stock is hot. Bus ride. <laughs> you're, you, you, you're, you're, I would rather take a flight than, than a bus ride. I'm just saying. You're, you're buying a Steelers stock that is as high as any team in the NFL right now winning four straight games. And I'm just not there. I'm buying the $2 stock of the Browns. Well, and okay. when they win the next three games, and we are talking about the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs, by the way, at 9-7, and seven, so we still cash our both under 9.5 bets. You well, get a nine, so I pull. But, un- but until then, I like the Browns to win this game, and and, and I don't I mean, see Mason Rudolph winning this game. Miles Garrett will have an impact in this game. To you can put a button on it, well, I mean that that could be true. Although the Steelers' offensive line is always one of the better ones. To put a button on this, you're saying that that one win for the Browns against the Bills yes, was it's an icebreaker. Was an icebreaker. Well, the Steelers have had like five of them. So why, like, at this point, I'm going to assume that they're completely. How can you have five icebreakers, Greg? Once ice is broken, it's broken. How can you have five icebreakers? The point is that they carried the momentum from week to week and have kept it going, which we haven't seen from Cleveland at all. Like they, they, what happened the week after they played the Baltimore Ravens? They had that big, impressive victory, and then they went right back to being the puzzling. Browns, Greg, I got, Greg, I got asked, who did, who did, Greg, and they got, got their ass kicked by the San Francisco 49ers, 31 to three. That's why I'm laughing, Greg. I had to ask you who they played after. Yeah, they traveled. You're right. They traveled cross country to play at that time, which was one of the best teams, and still okay, is aren't the, the Ravens one of the best teams. They beat them by 15 points. You can't tell me that all of a sudden, oh well, it was the San Francisco 49ers. Well, the Ravens are very good too, and they beat them by 15. So if they were legit, they certainly wouldn't have lost that game by 28 points. The way they got their rents kicked. My, my point is, I'm saying you you lose games in the NFL. Like I, I said, okay, my point is you lose at them. How'd they lose that game? Brandon Allen. How'd they lose to him? To, to, to the 49ers? At Denver. Brandon Allen. Two weeks ago. How'd That's, they lose that one? That, yeah, so, okay. So, out of their four losses in a row, one, quote-unquote, came against not the best team. And, and Brandon Allen, he played a pretty good game. I mean, he okay, gave so managed over Rudolph? 200 yards and two touchdowns. What? Then why can't Mason Rudolph? Well, because now, like I said, the Browns broke the ice. The Browns are now home this time. The Browns aren't traveling. You know, they traveled. That was on the road at Denver. That that was the second game of a back-to-back road. That was just an awful stretch. That, that is what an icebreaker is, Greg. They lose four straight games. The fourth game was, first off, by the way, Denver's not a shitty team. They, you know, Denver is. Uh, the they're the pretty pack. bad. They're going to be picking in the top ten, but okay. They're not a bottom five team. They play teams hard they're three and six so they are four they're four and one against the spread bring it back five games though you're willing to just throw out everything they've done here to get back in the playoff race like oh it doesn't matter I, i'm not i'm not throwing it out whatsoever i'm buying the browns breaking the ice like i said the browns which got means the win selling the steelers here what which means you're probably selling the Steelers then, because you're not, you're saying that not only are the Steelers going to lose this game, but they're going to lose at home to Cleveland in three and a half or two and a half weeks. The only reason I'm saying that is because at that point that would have been now three wins in a row for a Cleveland Browns team with yeah, which is what four Boston. wins in a row for Pittsburgh right now. And again, again, I I I'm, I'm I wasn't jumping the gun. I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns won that game two weeks from now, but. What I'm saying now is that this game at home in Cleveland is the first step. They take this first step, then we reevaluate. You know, I'm not going to obviously say that I'm definitely picking the Browns to win that game, but if the Browns are coming into that game against the Steelers on a 3-0 and winning streak, obviously I would like to see what the Steelers do at the Bengals. I would expect them to win and come home. And then we have a big, marked another big matchup in Pittsburgh where, yes, the Steelers would have home advantage. But I'm just saying, now three games in a row, maybe we see the Browns playing a little better. Kareem Hunt a little more acclimated into the offense. You know, the offense thriving off the defense. The defense okay, thriving well, off the offense. It's it, it just all back. Like I said, you get him reacclimated, and they play. I'm not, again, I'm not play Cincinnati the in between these games. I'm not so the that. Under, we can we can close this out by saying I'm not selling the Steelers. I'm simply buying the Browns, breaking the ice, and at home Thursday night football. Give me Baker Mayfield trying to take the season back to Cleveland and, and, and right from the Steelers, and I will take 
the Cleveland Browns here over Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. But Greg, that was a that was a great one for that game. Again, just to clarify, one unit play on the Browns minus two and a half for me. Well, Steelers and, plus and three. One, I got yeah, one unit number. play for Greg. Um, he, he got he got three before the podcast started. But um, at two and a half, Greg, are you still playing that at two and a half? Um, I. Greg, after 40 minutes of talking about the Steelers, you better still yeah. be playing it at uh, the money I, line. You better I would be playing at the money line. Okay, thank uh, you. Thank at two and a half, I would just play it on the money line, but I'm just sitting on my plus three and got yeah, Greg. Greg, you should just honestly. I mean, I don't know why you're not playing the money line to start because it sounds like you think the Steelers are going to win this game. Uh, so I don't know why oh, I the juice. If I had to play the money line, I would play the Steelers. Yeah, but I got the key number of three. I'm probably just going to okay. Sit on so it. two and a half, you're playing the money line, and two, two and a half, half I'm line. playing the Browns, and I'm giving you a final score of uh, twenty-four to. 17. 24-17 Browns. Browns won by a touchdown. Alternate line. Take it. There it is. All right, Matt. Hey, a lot of fun. And we'll see what happens on Thursday. And and good luck with the rest of your investments. And everybody listening, remember, please play responsibly. Matt, thanks a lot. And we'll do it again on Friday. Yes, sir. See you then. All right. That does it for us here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. As I said, please play responsibly. Greg Frank and Matt Siegel signing off. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.